Episode 4. Welcome back. This one is going to be a lot shorter. You might also notice some improvement, or you might not. There might just be some slight improvements with the quality. I'd like to improve with every episode. However, like this, like the others, this one is going up raw. You'll hear mistakes made, maybe sounds in the background. It's not going to be perfect. My goal with these audiobooks is to create an atmosphere that feels like I'm actually there reading it to you. And I guarantee that I wouldn't read it perfectly in person. So, sit tight, get comfortable, maybe grab your favorite drink, and enjoy this episode of Medley Tales, entitled The Track Team. The year is 2135. 100 years have passed after people began developing superpowers, called talents. Progress in culture slowed to a halt after the development of talents. Although technology has progressed, many things have not changed at all in 100 years. Jackson Medley, a college sophomore, sits at his desk studying the contents of a computer screen. Jack's mind had been wandering for two hours since he first started completing his homework. The air conditioner began to run once again. The sound made him flinch. The droning noise of the air conditioner made him remember one of the broken units in his math class. Each morning, he would try and switch on because of its programming. The electrical sound would follow, as well as several various clicks, as the unit would fight for its life and eventually fail. Jack would get distracted by the faulty unit every other day. The bathroom light of the downstairs apartment made a constant buzzing sound whenever it was turned on, and would sound like a bee was stuck inside. One of the men that lived downstairs had an annoying habit of leaving the light on all night. Occasionally, Jack would see through the walls to check if there was anyone actually in the restroom. In the case of an empty restroom, one flick of his fingers and the light problem would be solved. Jack snapped out of his wandering thoughts and realized that the same extended response question still remained unanswered and was staring him in the face. Jack had, once again, put the majority of his assignments off until the last minute. His plans for the evening included the following two things, catch up on homework and go to bed. Studying the room, he noticed that the trash needed to be taken out, so he grabbed the bag and threw it in the dumpster out the back door. His bed needed made, so he took his time to make absolutely sure it was presentable for any possible guests, although the chances of anyone visiting were slim at best. A sinking feeling grew in his stomach. I have to get this work done. I have to. He sat down once again at his desk and began to type an answer to the question. Suddenly, he heard his mobile buzzing under his bed. Must have slipped under there when I made my bed. Hello? Hey, Jack. Hey, Sam. You done with work? No. Actually, I was wondering if you were busy. Jack looked at the empty screen. After a pause, he answered. I've got time. Great. So I was doing laundry, and while it was running, some bozo put a red thing in with the white jerseys. And now everything's pink. Do you have any idea how to fix this? Coach is going to kill me. Jack stood, grabbing his keys and wallet. Stuffing them into his pocket, he walked out the door and headed toward the athletic center. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure. But we can figure it out. I'm sure of it. Okay. Sam's tone was reluctant. Actually, I'm going to call my mom. She should know what to do. Yeah, do that. 
What do you think I should do until then? Well, nothing, I guess. Wouldn't want to make it worse. Sam snapped his finger on the other line. Right. You wouldn't happen to have a talent for whitening clothes, would you? Not that I know of. Anyway, I'm gonna call I'm gonna let you go. I'll call my mom and be there soon. Just chill out till I get there. We'll make it fast. The team's gonna be done soon, and if they see they see that I made their jerseys pink, they'll never let me live it down. Alright, hang tight. Jack disconnected and began calling Linda. Hello. Hey mom. I was wondering if I could if you could help me out with something. Sam's in a bit of a pickle. Someone put something red into a washload of whites. And now... Everything's pink? Yeah. He didn't wash them again, did he? I told him not to. Good. That could make them permanently pink. So, what should I do? Jack reached the athletic center and began heading towards the men's locker room. Okay. Here's what you need to do. Are you listening? Yeah. All right. Find some bleach. Put some in with the load and give it a wash. Okay. Make sure you don't put a red thing, put the red thing in with the load this time. I know. How much bleach should I use? A good amount. Be generous with it. Wash it once, and if the clothes are still pink, then put more in and wash it again. Does that make sense? I think so. I'll give it a try and call you again if it doesn't work. All right, sweetie. When did you get to bed last night? Around 10 or 11, I think. Okay. Go to bed early tonight. I worry that you're not getting enough sleep. I'm fine. I get around 7 to 8 hours a night. Well, I still worry. I've already prayed for you early this morning. But get to bed early tonight so I don't have to worry so much, all right? Jack reached the door of the locker room and stopped before he went inside. That's fine. Hey, Mom, I'll call you in a bit. I'm in the locker room, so we're going to look for the bleach. All right, sweetie. Love you. Love you, too. Jack entered the room to find Sam quickly pacing the floor. Finally! What'd your mom say? She said bleach should do the trick. We just got to find some. Sam snapped his finger. I know where some is. You do? In the janitor's closet. I take stuff from there all the time. It's not a big deal. Jack cocked his head. Let's go then. They quickly grabbed a bottle of bleach from the closet down the hall and dumped a good bit into the washing machine along with the pile of pink, pink jerseys sitting on the floor. Once they pressed the button on the washing machine, they took a seat on the benches in the center of the room. Taking a look around the room, Jack turned to Sam. So, uh, what else needs to be done around here? Well, I don't have to do much. I just need this place looking decent before the team gets done with practice. How long do they practice? Sam checked his watch. They should be done soon. I spent a vac- I spent a bit of- I spent a bit of extra time cleaning today. I bet even you couldn't find anything wrong with this place. In fact- I dare you. Try and find any mistakes at all. Jack scanned the room carefully, using x-ray vision and heightened smelling to help search for mistakes. Finally, he turned to Sam and grinned. 
There's dirt in that corner. There's a lot of hair in the showers that you missed. You didn't dust that picture, but the other one looks fine. Uh, Sam chuckled. That's it? That's all you could come up with? That's petty stuff. Stuff that would take two seconds for me to clean. Even less if you did it. I knew you couldn't find anything serious. Well, if you really want me to get technical, there's a piece of underwear stuck behind that locker. It smells like it's been there for a few weeks. You didn't dust the top of the lockers, like any of them. There's mold on the far left corner in the bathroom, but I don't think you have to deal with that. You just report things like that, don't you? Sam nodded. Oh, and that's, uh, I think that's, oh yeah. There's a spot that looks like dirt under the sink. I think it's dirt. Doesn't smell like anything else. Sam scoffed. Well, that's not even fair. As Sam spoke, the track team began making their way into the locker room. The smell of body odor filled the room as they funneled through the single metal doors. It was difficult for Jack to focus on Sam's words as the conversation between the team members were several times louder than Sam. How am I supposed to know that there's underwear stuck behind one of the lockers? Jack stood from the bench to make room for the incoming team members. He shrugged his shoulders as he leaned on the wall next to the washers. Sam continued to sit on the bench. As the two two, as two team members ran in tossing a large metal ball, ugh, the last two team members ran in tossing a large metal ball back and forth. A third man from the center of the room clapped his hands, holding them out in order to receive the ball. Jerry here. Jerry launched the launched it to the man in the center of the room. After reaching for it, the man pulled back his arm just before catching it. With the man no longer in its path, the ball began to fly directly towards Sam. The ball hit Sam in the side of the head, mid-sentence, crushing his skull on impact, on contact. Sam toppled to the ground as the metal ball continued flying toward Jack. Normally, when an impact such as this happens, most people in the room would wince rushed to help the injured and make sure they were okay. However, this group of men had apparently caught on to Sam's talent and had lost all regard for his safety. In fact, when they saw his body on the floor, the entire room except for Jack erupted in laughter, high-fiving each other as if to celebrate their victory. It was, a clear, it was clear that they had intentionally thrown the ball at Sam for some cheap entertainment. They were so preoccupied with their laughter that they didn't notice Jack, who had the, who had caught the ball and was helping Sam back on his feet. As expected, Sam was completely healed in seconds, showing no evidence of any injury or pain. Sam smiled and gave a nervous laugh, laugh obviously trying to mask his embarrassment from the rest of the team. Jack noticed several things. Sam had been unusually quiet through the whole conversation, confrontation. He acted like nothing he acted nothing like when he did when first met he acted nothing like he did when Jack first met him. His behavior was completely unexpected. If anything, Jack worried that Sam's big mouth would get him in trouble. He worried that he would have to break up fights between Sam and other students on campus. He never expected that he would have to tell him to stand up for himself, yet here he was. Accepting brutal abuse from the teammates, 
from his teammates as if it was complete as if he was completely powerless. The more Jack studied the situation, the more surprised he became, and the more empathetic he felt towards Sam. Seeing this caused him to relive memories of growing up literally powerless for half his life. One of the boys tripped from being slapped on the back from another team member, which snapped Jack quickly out of his thoughts. One of the men regarded Jack, clapping his hands requesting the ball. Jack rolled the ball on the ground toward the men. As the man picked up the ball, Sam tensed up, expecting it to come hurling in his direction. The other team members urged him to throw it again, laughing even harder in anticipation for the next round of the show. The man wound his arm like a baseball player and let the ball fly. The man, the man, this man, threw harder and faster than the last one, and the ball moved twice as fast. Sam closed his eyes and took a deep breath. To Jack, the ball was moving through the air barely faster than a snail. This was by reflex alone. Once he began to focus, it seemed as though the ball had stopped moving entirely. Jack took one one last glance at Sam before he made a move. He looked pitiful. He looked as though he was accepting his death. Jack remembered getting picked on as a child for having no talents, giving a similar face whenever he was pushed to the ground or shoved in the hallways. Seeing this nearly made him snap. However, he was more than able to keep his composure as he stepped in front of the flying ball. Effortlessly catching the ball with one hand, he pressed the other on the opposite side of the ball, making a deep, crunching sound as he spoke. He chuckled, and with a smile on his face, he addressed the team. All right, guys, you've had your fun. How about you shower and get back to your dorms? His tone, his tone of voice was light and rather friendly. However, by the time he finished his sentence, their expressions dropped, from looking amused and slight to slightly disturbed. In his hands, he held the crushed remains of what used to be the ball they were playing with. He had crushed and deformed a giant metal ball without breaking a sweat. A feat like this wasn't the most impressive thing in the world but only the most accomplished and ferocious brutes were able to pull off a stunt like the, of this magnitude. Titans were rumored to have strength enough to level the entire cities, level entire cities. So accomplishments such as these pale in comparison. However, one would be wise to go avoid confrontation with a man able to crush metal so effortlessly. Each one of them understood this rule as it was simply common sense. The entire team quietly packed up their lockers and shuffled into the shower areas, all of them reluctant to make eye contact with the unnaturally tall man by the washing machines. It was difficult not to imagine how different his childhood would have been if only he had possessed this power in middle school or high school, how many bullies he could have overpowered with minimal effort. He snapped out of his thoughts and caught a glimpse of Sam, who was looking at him with a very confused expression on his face. Jack turned around, opening the door to the washer. Pulling out the sparkling white jerseys, he shoved the pile of wet clothes in the dryer and pressed a button. 
Sam walked solemnly out the door and toward the apartment following close, followed closely by Jack, who was anxious to speak to Sam. Jack caught up with him and stopped in his tracks as Sam kept walking. Sam! He didn't respond, but instead shoved his hands into his pockets and continued walking. Sam, please, talk to me. What was that back there? Finally, he stopped walking. Still facing away from Jack, he responded. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? They beat you down back there, and you were just going to let them do it. What's up with you, man? Jack, I just don't want to talk about it. Come on, Sam. Please, just tell me what was going through your head back there. Sam began shaking. Bringing his hands into the open, he clenched them into a fist. What was going through my head back there? Seriously? I'll tell you what was going through my head back there. A giant metal ball. That's what. Even his voice was shaking from rage. He turned to face Jack as hot tears streamed down his face. They do stuff like that every practice. And there's nothing I can do to stop them. I thought if they knew about my talent, they would like me better. But as soon as I told them that the guys at my last school did to me, all they wanted to do was hurt me. They're just like everyone who's ever known about my talent. All they do is use me as a rag doll. First, it was letting me a metal beam fall in my head. Then it was pushing me out of the bus on the highway. They come up with something new every day. His voice was breaking from the shout, from shouting so much. And his, va- and his face was becoming red. And you know what, Jack? There's not a dang thing I can do about it. Not one thing. I can't step in front of the ball in a fraction of a second and catch it with one hand or catch the metal beam and throw it back at them or stop myself from being run over by cars on the freeway. I can't fly or lift anything any, anything heavy or move any faster than the speed of sound. None of that. I just had to stand there and take it. I'm not like you. I can't sta- scare the whole team with just a few words or see through the walls or use laser vision or any of the stuff that you can do. All I do is heal. That's it. The more he spoke, the more his voice began to settle into a more relaxed tone. Still shaking from anger, he began to sit on the concrete covered by the dim orange light of the, of the parking lot. I can't even think of anything to say when they do it. They don't listen to me anyway. I tried to tell them to stop the first couple times they did it, but they kept doing it. Nothing I say will work. I'm done. I don't want to be here. The scholarship is the only way I can stay at school, and this place is my last resort. God knows my parents can't pay for school. He sniffed and began clicking his thumbnails. I didn't think college would be this hard. He sniffed again, and a silent moment passed before he got up and began walking toward Jack. He wiped his eyes with his sleeve and grabbed Jack's hand, shaking it firmly. Meeting his gaze, he breathed deeply before shaking again, speaking again, in order to remain, regain composure. Thanks, pal. 
I guess I just needed a punching bag for a minute. His voice still cracked from the strain of the screaming. Let's get back. I'm tired. The two men began walking toward the apartment, and Jack snapped his finger. Shoot. What? I forgot to take the laundry out of the dryer. Sam turned around and began walking toward the athletic center. Well, let's get it then. That is my job, after all. Jack caught him on the shoulder, stepping in front of him with a smirk. Let me take care of it real quick. Head on back to the dorm. I'll catch up with you. Sam nodded and began walking toward the dorm, toward the room. Before he made it halfway, Jack appeared next to him, followed by a gust of wind. With the jerseys white? Jack chuckled. Not even a chase of pink. Well, it took you long enough. I'm pretty sure my grandma could fold laundry faster, and she's dead. Jack snorted, a a suppressed laugh cupping his hand over his mouth. Next time, pick up the pace. If your skin doesn't peel from folding laundry, you're not doing it fast enough. Jack felt extreme relief as Sam returned to his state of relentless sarcasm. By the way, what if I helped you out with the cleaning and laundry from now on? I only ask because you clearly stink at it. Wow, is that your attempt at humor? I should throw in the towel. The alpha male has appeared. We both know I'm the alpha male between the two of us. You really are good, aren't you? All right, big man. You're my sidekick. Nothing more, nothing less. Partners. How about partners? Let me think about it. Sam tapped his chin for a second and inhaled sharply. Let's come to a compromise and say, sidekick. Jack shook his head and they both laughed as they entered their apartment building. Back at the athletics center, members of the track team were finishing their showers. On the benches in their center of the room sat a pile of freshly dried, folded jerseys. Beside the jerseys were laid what remained of a crushed metal ball from earlier and a note. The note clearly read, I'm going to be around more often. If you guys try something like this again, you're all going to be sorry. Don't test my patience. Jay. And that's the end of episode four. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I always enjoy reading these. Like I said, this episode is a lot shorter. Let's check here. Um... Looks like we're at about 23 minutes with this one. A lot shorter. I could have easily added on to... I could have easily added this onto one of my other stories. But I really liked this one. And I really liked reading it. So I wanted it to be a standalone story. The next episode will be a lot longer. It'll be a while before I post the audiobook. I still have to write the next couple of stories. And then I'll record them. It might take some time, but until then, sit tight. I'm glad you listened. Please join me next time for Medley Tales, The Power Brick. <laughs>